Hello, everyone, and welcome into Dopio. Uh, I'm your Dopio host, Dante. I'm Donnell. And what Dopio is is a double shot to wake you up, and we certainly have a lot to wake you up on today. Um, but first, how are you doing, my Dopio father? I'm doing good, man. I'm, no complaints on this side. Um, it's been a uh, uh, pretty dull week for the most part. A uh, few uh, VA doctor appointments and um, things of that nature. Uh, Got to do some uh, epidurals in my back for the next four weeks, a series of shots. Uh, again, I'm not too enthused about that. But um, other than that, man, I really can't complain, man. Just um, sitting back, taking the temperature of the nation and the community and uh, reading the results. Yeah, yeah. Nah, How actually, about yourself? I, uh, like, our, my, my week was fine. Um, it It was a... It was a busy week for me because I was going back to school for the first time after winter break. Um, so it's like getting back in the groove of things um, for that. Okay. Um, I'm actually happy that y'all like had, you know, a dull week last week in America, seeing yeah. as the week before that was, you know, history making. It seems like every day of the Trump administration is like some kind of history being made and it was not good. Right. <laughs> um, so um, I'm, I'm glad that you guys had a dull week in America. It made my life easier because I didn't have to worry about seeing what's on the news when I woke up at four o'clock in the morning right. uh, in a cold sweat. So, um, but just because we had a dull week doesn't mean that we didn't have enough to talk about. Um, exactly. Um, and I, to lead into our first topic, I'm gonna do a little soliloquy if you don't mind. Please. So everyone has, uh, how should I say? everyone has the right to say whatever they want like that that is something that even if you don't have um the the american bill of rights um everyone has the right to say whatever they want um i remember when i was a kid um growing up in my mom's household um she would ask me questions and now at the time i didn't know the term rhetorical so she would ask me a rhetorical question and me being the smart and precocious young man that I am, I would answer her rhetorical questions and get hit in the mouth. And I would wonder, why is she hitting in the, me in the mouth? She asked me a question. I gave her an answer. I can say what I want, right? Yeah, you can. You can say exactly what you want. That doesn't mean something won't happen because of that. Now, in the American Bill of Rights, they say that freedom of speech <clears throat> allows you the freedom to say um, how you feel, like especially against an oppressive government. And it's it forbids the government from telling you what you can and not can and cannot say, and um, it frees you from the consequence of saying how you feel. It's important that I note that it's the government um, that it's protecting you from. The government is who is protecting you from. So if you are walking down the street and you call me the N-word and I hit you in the mouth, you can't say freedom of speech. Like, yeah, you were free to say that. And I'm free to hit you in the mouth because of it. This past week, we had a crisis in the tech industry where people began to worry that maybe freedom of speech isn't so free. And I contend that everyone has a freedom of speech, but that doesn't mean I have to give you a megaphone. That doesn't mean that I have to give you a stage and that doesn't mean I can't hit you in the mouth for what you're gonna say. So dad, let's get into it about deplatforming. What do you think about this whole topic? It's interesting because people, um, and I'm not as, you know, for those who are first time listeners, I'm not as um, candid or maybe more candid or articulate as my son, um, people lost their shit this week over the fact that Trump was taken off Twitter and Facebook and, you know, and other platforms. Um, my personal opinion when it comes to deplatforming is um, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Um, if, if you... I agree with you completely. Well, there's nothing to disagree with. You know, you stated the facts as the Bill of, Bill of Rights states when it comes to freedom of speech. 
you know, but you can't yell fire in a crowded room. You know, you can't excite. And I had somewhere, um, let's see, um, I had jotted down some notes, advocacy of the use of the force or support for the use of force without more is protected by the First Amendment um, of the United States Constitution. But yet Br Brandenburg versus Ohio, the type of speech we criminalize, criminalize is specific, such as that which further an attempt agrees a conspiracy or is directed towards the production of imminent and lawless action. So when an individual begins to spew rhetoric that incites, uh, leads people to believe things that aren't true, um, backs up lies instead of truths, incites riots, physical harm on another citizen of this country, or anywhere for that matter, um, you, know, you just won your stupid prize. You deserve for your platform to be taken. You know, and we can dive deeper into this when it comes to uh, discussing, you know, platforms itself, you know, such as Facebook, Twitter, and 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 how we've become so dependent on it. Matter of fact, that might be a discussion for another episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem with deplatforming. In fact, um, my feelings towards it is that, you know, I'm, I'm actually for it. You know, I think that we depend too much on the opinions of lay people um, more so more so than the sources of facts. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at with that. And you touched on something that was uh, interesting. You were talking, well, we were talking about platforming. We're gonna, we'll, we'll go as far into this as we can. Um, I, I agree with you, like on the merit that, you know, everyone can say whatever they want. It, and, and here's the point that people kind of get lost in. It's when it aggrieves someone else. And that word aggrieves um, is something that you don't hear very often um, unless you're an English teacher. And even then, like you were talking like, late high school, I know college English, where you're just trying to memorize words for a test. Right. Um, so in this particular case, you know, you have to think, what was the res result of someone's freedom of speech? Now, using the metaphor of the fire in the, in the uh, movie theater, if right. I scream fire in a crowded movie theater and someone gets trampled to death, like the next question is, well, was there a fire? And if there wasn't a fire, then the question is, why did I say fire? And if I knew that there wasn't a fire, then now my speech is a criminal act. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now that we're, we're talking the abstract right now, we're talking about deplatforming the abstract right now. We're going to get real specific here in a second. Um, but it's really important to understand these abstract and and concrete ideas of what deplatforming, or excuse me, what freedom of speech is. Because when we talk about deplatforming, we're taking away the ability for someone to reach a bunch of people with their freedom of speech. Notice that the freedom of speech didn't say the freedom of platform because the forefathers couldn't have foreseen that we would have created these, these companies, these um, entities that could enhance, or rather they are, our freedom of speech or so people would have us think okay okay yeah and it, it, it's interesting because you know um these companies and we'll just say you know twitter and facebook um you know just just to name the, the main two um they have given us the ability to connect across lines in which did not exist 20 years ago i mean i guess you could say MySpace was around or whatever, but you know, um, I remember a time when if you didn't pick up a phone or if you didn't read it in the newspaper or you didn't see it on the six o'clock news, you didn't get that information, you know. And and now we are so interconnected due to these platforms that we've we've in a sense, and this is just this is opinion right here, um, we've abused it to where now we're using these as sources of news. And um, a lot of times- Let me ahead. ask you a question. Do you, think, do you think that we are abusing it? Like the layman is abusing it? Or do you think that 
entities are abusing it. I think the layman is being abused and the entities are doing the abusing. So okay. thank you okay. for on that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I truly believe that the sources of the, of, the, of the information needs to be critiqued, you know? And I think a lot of people are, are comfortable uh, and I'm, I know I'm all over the place, but a, a lot of people are comfortable being sheep, you know, and they want to be led and they're not really paying attention to who's leading them. You know, um, if I connect with the way you feel about a singular topic, doesn't mean that I connect with you across the board. And I think when it comes to Trump, Trump has identified a demographic or a group of people who he has related to through his verbiage and they have followed and latched on and he sells them anything and they run with it, you know, and it's not just Trump. I'm not going to, I'm not going to just say Trump. There's a lot of entities on, on uh, these social media networks that uh, spew, you know, um, lies and conspiracies and they excite people to violence. I mean, you go back to, the kid to kill those uh, people in the church, the nine, the nine uh, people in the church, his information came from the internet. It came from social media. And, you talking and about Dylan Roof from Charleston? Came, yes, yes. Okay. Um, uh, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we have to be careful. I think that deplatforming, like I said, is, is not necessarily a bad thing. I think people can, um, you know, like I said, you win stupid prizes, man. You keep playing stupid games. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate and we'll get into specifics here. Okay. It's 1963, 64. Okay. So right. You have a, you have a national revolutionary two national revolutionaries tearing up the South, tearing up America with their extreme rhetoric about equality. Mm -hmm. These people, they have, they have Facebook in a roar. Twitter in a roar, tearing up all of Alabama, our beautiful, beautiful Southern streets. Like, for what? For some fringe idea about equality? Like, they can live, right? Like, they can make babies, right? Like, why do they need to tear up our streets? Why do they need to burn everything to the ground? These revolutionaries... They don't need to have a platform because they are dangerous. That sound good to you? I hate when you play devil's advocate. Um, okay, let's let's let's, let's unpack this. What the revolutionaries of the '60s were were implementing was equal justice under the law was equality. Now, granted, there was a group of people who have been doing things a certain way for hundreds of years since the forming of this country, who the idea of these people wanting what they have seemed foreign and probably terrifying to them. I'm yeah. speaking of, you know, white folks. Um, so the idea, the, uh, the audacity of these people wanting to sit at the table with them you know, uh, probably terrified them. And yeah, they tried, they would have tried every means, by any means necessary to uh, deplatform those two revolutionaries. Uh, yep. However, I believe that the situation is different because the things that those revolutionaries were saying were, were grounded in fact, were grounded in reality. It was a thirst for something more. I think that the uh, the latter part, what what these revolutionaries, our so-called patriots, um, were trying to do over over the past four years, was to take us back before '63, '64. I think that they were they were trying to um, create an environment of hate, of hostility, you know, of um, hypocrisy you know it's okay for you to destroy and to uh tear up and uh main police officers but when another individual or group of people try to do it you know it's uh let's let's destroy them let's shoot them why don't you lock these people up you know no i i agree like 
don't let don't let the devil's advocate fool you. I agree, but you bring up something that's dangerous, and it's being being meritocratic with our rights. Like so, judging people's rights by meritocracy is dangerous, and that's I think the danger that we have in deplatforming. If I disagree with you, like on the merits that's fine. We can agree to disagree about opinion. But if I say we disagree and I have all the power, so you don't get to talk anymore. But isn't that where we are? I mean, hasn't, hasn't that ship, that particular ship sailed? You talk about cancel culture. Yes. Hasn't, well, we, we call it cancel culture, but it, but it, it was around before cancel culture. If I have the power and I don't agree with you, whatever you say doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't. It, so, so listen to the, the the change in your verbiage. You said what I said doesn't matter. There's a difference between saying what I say doesn't matter and saying you can't talk, and okay. I'm not going to give you the ability to to talk. But see, here's the thing, and I'm I'm going to dip back into what we were just talking about. Taking the platform, and this is going to push it, push the discussion further. Taking Facebook and um, and Twitter away, it's the same thing. We'll, we'll end up doing the same thing that happened in the news industry when there was CNN and MSNBC and 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 ABC, and people didn't want to hear those things. What happened? What was created? Fox News. Taking this platform, these two platforms away, I believe will create an avenue for something more sinister, more darker, you know, than what Facebook, and I know they took away that, um, parlor, parlor. I know they took away that, but something else is coming, you know, well, I, I'm, I'm going to push back on some, something on a, on a factual basis only because okay. I know Fox news, Fox okay. news was created to capture those like, it was made to capture a certain segment of the population. So it wasn't that the conservatives were aggrieved by things that the liberals and the Democrats were doing. No, Murdoch thought, hey, this is working and this is working and news is no longer about a family sitting around a table and watching the news. Let me create a news that is marketed towards this audience that isn't necessarily targeted. And it, what, it's funny. It's funny that you say. I'm gonna let you finish. But yeah. I uh, I wrote down a note earlier that says um, that basically news outlets like Fox, they they operate off the idea of how does a targeted demographic want to understand what just happened? Exactly how they want to understand. They're not concerned about the the audience actually understanding what's happening. And I I want to talk about deplatforming news as well in a second. Um, mm-hmm. So let's get into specifics about Donald Trump. Donald Trump lost his access to all social media. Mm -hmm. Um, And then conservatives started complaining because they started losing followers left and right. Why? Because Twitter cracked down on hate speech. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, there is some people who like to quibble, like, I won't say quibble. It's actually a good point and say, how can you crack down on hate speech in America, but allow foreign dictators and despots to have Twitter as well. Um, and that's a good question. Like if one person isn't following the rules and you're kicking them out, then you gotta kick out everybody who's not following the rules. I understand that. However, um, going forward, um, Google decided like, okay, or Google and Apple decided, all right, we're gonna kick Parler out of our Play Store and our App Store. Why? Because they're not moderating their speech. Why does this matter? Because in our terms and conditions, it says that you had to adhere to certain community standards. Okay. So Google took it a step further. Because Google isn't just an App Store, Google is a server platform by which most companies use to or to. Um, to, I, I guess, to, uh, they're the platform for which their website exists. Right. Because of that, when, sorry, not Google, Amazon, when Amazon did this, sorry, Amazon did this and just completely kicked them off the server. Now, Parler doesn't even exist because it doesn't have 
a venue by which to host the website. So we're talking about deplatforming, not in a speech pattern, but your business not being allowed to exist, your 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 social media avatar not being allowed to exist. Now, do I think this is a freedom of speech violation? No, I don't. Um, I don't think it's a freedom of speech violation because you still have the opportunity to talk and freedom of speech doesn't cover business. Um, and, and there's a lot of people that say that because Twitter, Facebook, Google, Amazon exist in a monopoly environment, they like they control freedom of speech. So but by, by de facto, they are utility and so they can't do this. I contend that because you said there's Facebook and Twitter, two companies that exist in the same space, that isn't a monopoly. Monopoly means one. One person owns it all. Yeah, right. like, and there's more than two, but, and I understand people are saying oligopoly is basically a monopoly, but it's not. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm gonna be a I'm be wonky for a second. Monopoly is the control of an entire industry by one. Mm-hmm. ask amazon did it get the last hosting ser- or hosting contract for the military or for the department of defense they'll say no so more than one entity exists that can host your website right like the the problem that we're talking about here with deplatforming is when are we on a slippery slope and is it appropriate to deplatform anyone and if so why I think we are on a slippery slope for the sense that people will, will perceive it that way. People who will find the people that they choose to listen to or read about or whatever, uh, get deplatformed, they will find, they will take offense and it will become an issue. Um, I know people uh, personally that back during the summer when um, the fight for Breonna Taylor um, was, at, was at its beginning, uh, at its birth, who were being um, sent to what they call Facebook jail, being suspended for uh, seven to 30 days or whatever, however long, yep. and yep. Um, because of some of their Reddit. And I was always curious, you know, and I would get on the phone, I mean, what the hell did you say? What did you, you know, you know, well, I was talking about the police in this fashion and that fashion. I'm like, wow, and they cut you off for that? You know, and I thought that was kind of messed up. However, when brought back to reality that the fact that this is a tool that someone else is that someone else owns, it's like renting a car. You know what I'm saying? You you rent a car from budget, you know, you 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 agree to do certain things with this vehicle, not take it on any high speed chases, not drive through any buildings, you know, even if you get the insurance, you agree to do certain things with this thing. So when you break those rules, you know, there's penalties for that. You know, but the thing is, I think a lot of people don't even know the rules. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, people just think they can say whatever they want, and there's no reaction to that. There's no recourse to that. There's no consequence. There's no consequence for that. And now I'm going to push this a step further. Push. We've talked about deplatforming people and deplatforming uh, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about deplatforming the news. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I don't agree that we are getting the news, or rather, you're getting the news in America. Um, I watch the news here in Japan, and I understand where the news is coming from and what the purpose of the news is here. If you understand Japanese culture enough, you understand what the news is trying to get at. And I always ask questions whenever I talk to Duka while we're watching the news together. I'm like, you know, why are they talking about this and they're not talking about that? You know, why are they giving us Corona numbers and they're not talking about that? And it's like, she's like, oh, because people don't care about this thing over here or this thing over here is, it, it can't be helped. So why are we talking about it? So I understand the logic behind the news. And because she is a citizen of this country and she understands why the news works the way it does. Like, I'm assuming that the general public understands the purpose of the news. My thing is, and this is a problem with the American public, and I'm going to be quite plain. A lot of American public is fucking stupid. And they don't understand that your news isn't news. And they take analysis as facts. Like, 
analysis isn't fact. If analysis was fact, you would have to quote me on everything. Like you would never be able, or like there would be plagiarism everywhere because you would never, you would never be able to analyze something in a new way. Mm -hmm. Like the problem and why I think that CNN, Fox News, MSNBC need to come with a giant disclaimer and they need to be, we need to take the N off of the end of their, or off of the acronyms for them, uh, whether it be CNN, MSNBC, or um, or, Fox, or Fox News, FNC. Like the news needs to be taken out of that. Or there needs to be a gigantic disclaimer that is shown on every cast that says, this is not news, this is analysis. Like on Facebook, there needs to be a giant red banner that says, this is not news, this is analysis. Like, and then the things that are news, like it can have that disclaimer when it's just stating the facts. Yesterday, it was sunny, that is a fact. Yesterday, this many people died, that is a fact. News is facts, but not analysis. What you're saying that what is news, you know, today was 23 degrees with, with, with snow, facts. That's not entertaining. What, what news has become here in America has become over-opinionated with the analysis and it has become a form of entertainment. You know, they, they set it up. You know, I, I had the news on earlier today, the so-called news. Let's just call it that, the so-called news, um, on earlier today. And it had breaking news during the whole damn segment. I said, this stopped being breaking after the first five minutes that you gave us the information that yeah. someone from Virginia showed up in DC with a gun um, and 500 rounds of ammunition and a fake inauguration pass, you know, that stopped being breaking news. Take it off of that. Cause it's not. And then yeah. you're not giving us facts about it. You're giving us your opinion about what could possibly have had have happened if it was the inauguration day and so on and so forth. And then you have, four talking heads going back and forth over their opinion on it. So yeah. you have maybe five minutes of actual facts and the rest of it is opinion. And it has become entertainment. People tune in to, to be, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's to, to have the perception of reality, reality validated. I think or so. If it, yeah. You know, or, or, or is it to be angry? You know, to, to say, see, I told you they were like that. You know, so I, I mean, and, and which could lend back to perception being validated, validated. But, you know, it's 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 all become an entertainment tool. It's not like, and I hate to sound like one of these old guys that sit on the stoop and say, well, it ain't like the olden days. You it's know, when they, <laughs> exactly. When you turned on the news and you got facts. This is you picked up the newspaper and you read you knew that the back page was the editorial. Yeah. You know, was the opinion page. But you knew everything before that was real. Yeah. And I, I, go ahead. I don't wanna I don't wanna like beat this um to death, but yeah, like and we talked about this last uh maybe last week, I think, uh talking about how the news um like wasn't how it was in the old days. Like, but um to kind of put uh, a cap on that you know if if i'm watching the news and i hear people arguing i'm turning it off because there's nothing to argue about as far as the news is concerned like if after you watch the news you you're thinking to yourself i knew i was right you weren't watching the news like because yeah. like I, I never i never knew some I, i've never heard someone argue with the weatherman like, oh, well, it's going to rain tomorrow. Well, that's your opinion, John. I think it's going to snow tomorrow, but it's just me and in, in my neck of the woods. Like, right. Well, I mean, it's either going to rain or it's going to not rain. Like, there's nothing to argue about. Yeah. There's a 35% chance of rain. Yeah. <laughs> like, that. Like, what What do you want? You said something interesting um, that I found interesting about what you said about uh, news in Japan. Um, you said that they're not talking about it because it's not important or that there's nothing that no one can do about it. I think that's what you yeah. said. I believe that's what you said. Yeah. Why, even though no one can do anything about it, and I know that's a cultural thing, um, you know, that 
I may not understand on, on the surface right now. Um, but it seems like that would still be newsworthy here in America. Even though we can't do anything about something, an earthquake that happened at 7 o'clock yesterday morning in California, um, that would still be news here. Did that affect anybody in America? What, the earthquake? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it happened in California. Yeah, so that would be news. That would like, be. You, there's something you could do about that. There's something okay. that needs to be done with that. It's a call to action of some right. sort. But so if, if, it, if it doesn't affect the Japanese people, they don't talk about it. Yeah, like, because, I mean, think about it. Like, I, you I have, mean, it, like, like Jap. Japanese people have enough to stress about on a day-to-day basis. I mean, it right? makes sense. I mean, it's, it's the, like it's the, I would I would guess that this is the most stressed out country in the world. Like just living here, mm-hmm. I can't see a more stressed out pe- people. Now, I could say a close second is America, but America's stressed out by stress that they created like because of their own pompous attitudes. Yeah. I mean, like, I've I've always lived under the formula what you eat doesn't make me shit. So I'm not yeah. going to worry about what you're eating yeah exactly that's a great way of putting it so japan does not necessarily invest itself in in talking about the problems of other people because it's funny when the american capital thing happened i'm like yo why isn't japanese new talking about this and duke is like why would they and i'm like (laughs) word okay at first at at first i pushed back i was like because like we're allies and and she's like and And i'm like (laughs) Okay, I see what you're saying. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. now that's not to say that that's the best way for news to work, but that's to say, like, at some point you have to think to yourself, what is the purpose of this news? Is this news to entertain me? Is this news to educate me? Or is this news to inform me of something that I need to act for? Like, I think we need to categorize news, actionable news, educational news, and uh, superfluous news. Mm-hmm. If we could just have channels like that, like I think it'd be fine because no one would be turning into the superfluous news station. Right, I agree, I agree. Because a lot of times when I roll over, or I I come in the house, I cut on the news, I cut on the news, I cut on the news, and the first thing that comes to mind is, let me see what's happened today. Yeah, I just want to know what happened. Exactly. I don't know what you want to think about what happened. I don't know. I don't care about how you feel about what happened. Exactly. I want to know what happened. Okay, nobody got killed today. Okay, like Ice Cube, today was a good day. All right, yeah. I can cut the news off, cut it on ESPN. I do go on about my day, whatever the case may be. But- I thought about doing a like a YouTube channel that's just like like straight facts of like the day in Japan and just like doing Japanese news that way um, and cool. seeing how that would how that would go. Um, but switching gears, I want to get into your um, your cultural commentary of uh, this episode. Okay. Um, all right, so I read this article um, by Ibram uh, X. Kendi on um, The Atlantic, and it was basically talking about the denial is the heartbeat of America. And I found it interesting, you know, for many reasons. Um, one being that it always fascinated me how message sent isn't always message received. So one group of people believe one thing, another group of people believe in another thing, but these two truths can't occupy the same space at the same time because one of them aren't true. You know, one of them is, one group of people is so dipped deep into denial that they can't see that they're not living a truth or what they believe is the truth. You know, and what I was, um, mentioning to you earlier, you know, an acronym for denial is don't even know I am lying. So if I'm so embedded into a false truth that I've, I've come to the point to where I, I'm not even clear that I'm lying, I believe this so profusely that I'm going to act out this truth regardless. And I believe that's where we are in America. And in the article, um, in the article, he goes on to talk about until we become honest about what and who we really are as a nation, we can never move forward, you know, and as a recovering addict, 
the first step is admitting that you have a problem. And if you can't admit that there's a problem, the problem will never be addressed. You know, when it, and, and it's not only with, with racial issues, it's with any issue. You had, you had something you wanted to say? Yeah, no, I wanted to like to, to talk about that uh, specifically to American um, problems. Um, and when we're talking about admitting problems, there is no greater uh, advocate of denial than the American patriot. Um, and the reason is because like to admit your faults would go against American exceptionalism because like this idea of American exceptionalism, it, it says that America is greater than every other nation in the world because of its identity. And that identity can't be bad because how can you be better than other people and be bad? Um, and I think the answer to that question to anyone who's having an existential crisis about American exceptionalism while also accepting the fact that you're in denial about the bad things America has done, the cure to that is saying that the best of us, the best leaders, um, the best creators, the, 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 the best talkers admit that there are things that they don't do right, but they're trying. Let's see. And, and that, that, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and sorry, like uh, to like, I'll I'll try not to drone on, but no, no, no. The, the fact that America is in denial about racism, classism, most like I think classism is probably as big, if not bigger, problem than racism. I'm sorry to say, mm -hmm. um, but and we're we're at the precipice of ruin because we're not willing to admit that we've get, we've gotten lied to, the American people. We've gotten lied to by whether it be whether we blame other generations or news entity entities or corporate um, lobbyists. We've been lied to so often. We've been accepting of those lies for so often that now when it's time to face the truth, we don't want to do that because it makes us feel less exceptional. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and to, to nail your point home and to bring it down to to. To, to a way of understanding is like the way the idea of a man was back in the day. You know, oh, men yes. don't cry. You know, men are strong. Men are fearless. You know, we, we, we do not acknowledge our pain. Mm. And to do so would be a sign of weakness. Yep. But the truth of the matter is to be honest about your failings or your uh, so-called uh, deficiencies or whatever is freeing. It's liberating. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and it allows you to be, be able to are willing to heal. And we will never be able. I am. Last week, I said I was cautiously optimistic about the new administration and and things going forward. And the reason I'm cautiously optimistic is because we are consistently American and America does not acknowledge its failings. If it does, it's in a back room. It whispers it. It is yeah. constantly in a state of denial. And as long as we are in that state of denial, we will never reach any place else. You know, so well, go ahead. I will, I will tell you why we stay in that denial. Go we ahead. have created partisanship of that denial. Here's how. So I, remember, I want people to remember way back to the uh, Obama administration when Obama was doing a world tour. He was going around to different countries. And his most memorable, his most memorable um, speech was in Japan. I think he went to Hiroshima or Nagasaki, one of the two. Um, and he gave a speech. It was probably one of the most beautiful speeches that I've ever heard in my life. Uh, it, it, it was like life changing on that speech. He acknowledged the terror of nuclear war. Mm. He acknowledged the horror um, that happened afterwards. He, he talked about the peace that was required. He was contrite. And there's a word, contrite. That word was a political schism. On the left, you have people who are empathetic and contrite and apologetic towards the, the awful things of history. And on the right, 
you have people who, I said the left, on the right, you have people who view that apology as weakness. Obama went on an apology tour. He apologized to everybody. He bowed to everybody and he shook everybody's hand and he kissed everyone's feet and so on and so forth. America always does this. They create, and I don't wanna say America, I wanna say politicians. Politicians and news entities always do this where they create this political schism on something that just should be human. Like life would be so easy if most of these people just shut the fuck up. And the thing is, they won't. They won't. And we, the whole idea, and I'm not talking, well, yeah, I guess I am talking historical. The whole idea of America was to be a new beginning, was to be a place where everyone could be who they are. And then they arrived and they fucked it up you know, from day one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You get a new start uh, and I'm bringing some slaves with me. So, right. And I'm going to kill all the people. You're going to have a new start. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm going to kill all the people who were here first. You know, yeah. so the whole idea, the foundation, well, the idea of America was for the new beginning, but we never did anything new. Nothing was ever new, you know? Yeah. And as long as we lack the ability to acknowledge who and what we are. We mm-hmm. will never become who and what we were supposed to be. Or what a- we can become. Maybe who we were supposed to be isn't good enough. Like this is, this is always something that bothers me about like, like, and this article was really good because um, it acknowledges this. People always talk about, you know, who we're supposed to be. The forefathers had this idea of this land being like this, this bastion of equality. Maybe the forefathers didn't think hard enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, they omitted, you know, black people and every other kind of people. Right. Um, like, but maybe it's time to start rethinking what the American dream should be. Because before the American dream was what? A nuclear family, you know, a, a wife, a dog, two kids, house, white picket fence, like middle-class job, nice car. Maybe we should start thinking about what the human dream is. What does it take for humanity to be happy? And everything that we should do, it should not be in the pursuit of the American dream. It should be the pursuit of human happiness. Can you be happy not being able to breathe? Can you be happy having to work 40 hours a week? Can you be happy not being able to vacation? Can you be happy not being able to have kids without having two jobs? Can you be happy with a government that doesn't service people? Can you be happy with this? Can you be happy with that? If you cannot, we should not. Now, can someone's happiness come at the expense of someone else's sadness? See, that's, that's, you know, that's that's corporate what you just said. No, 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 no. My neighbor wants to plant an apple tree. Okay. I have, I have, and I'm, I'm just speaking hypothetically, wants to plant apple trees. Well, my daughter is allergic to bees. Apple trees bring bees. But this apple tree will bring him joy because he was raised around apple trees. But these bees will bring my daughter home. See, and, and, and that's what, and, and, and this kind of goes back to the deplatforming and the social media social media connected us together and and i think what we are beginning to realize and a lot of us are willing to admit it i know you will um we don't like each other <laughs> yeah yeah we don't, we don't, i don't, I don't want to be connected to you <laughs> I, I don't really like you you know and so i really don't want to hear what you got to say so i will i will send you a friend request and then six months later, I will unfollow you because you don't agree with what I do. Because yeah. you yep. won't you won't give me a birthday shout out. You won't, you know, your politics are different than me. We happiness is relative. And happiness, my happiness will most certainly, in some way, form, or fashion, bring about somebody else's discontentment in some ways. Well, I mean, yeah, you can always contend that like there is a cost to happiness, but the thing is like you, you using your example about the bees and the apple trees, 
what does this world need more of these like so you may not see the 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 tertiary effects of like of of that tree like on the on the lower scale now in this particular case like are there things that he can do to prevent that those bees from being a problem yeah he can make sure that tree is on the other side of the yard so it's not buttressed up against your yard like there are ways that you can have what you want and consider other people and that's the thing like we've created this idea that it's either my way or his way and there's no other way and and we have this in our minds because this is what we're told when we're kids when our parents say it's our way or i'm gonna beat your ass right <laughs> like it's our way or you're grounded it's it's our way so when we like, become no adults way. when we become adults we can't wait to employ that way of thinking on the world around us yeah see and, and as a veteran, you know, you know as well as I do that the making of a good soldier, airman, sailor, or whatever is his ability. In order to be a great leader, you have to be a great follower, but you also Absolutely. have to choose the right people to follow. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you are only around leaders who are authoritative and, and demanding and it's either this way, I'm not listening to you, it's my way, then you will end up becoming possibly a leaders like that and you will inflict that type of ignorance on the people around you you know yeah. and you will do more harm than good and leave it to you to take my off the cuff analogy of apples and bees and turn it into the world needs more bees so your daughter's just going to have to suffer <laughs> I, like i'm just saying that like, i know man i know <laughs> like but but yeah no like but it, it it the metaphor works because there's always this chance that like the things that we want, like are going to bring people pain. Like, but we have to think like, is that pain existential? Is that pain like something of like, is it inconvenience? Can we do something to to ease that pain, but right. also do this thing at the same time? And I, I think the problem and going back to America, America has gotten so used to this idea that we're perfect, like we're great, that they can't acknowledge that the pain that they inflict on other people. I've been to war. Like, and me too. The things that I've seen for the cause of freedom sicken me. The things that humans are willing to do to do to each other because the belief that happiness is exclusive sickens me. Mm. This that idea in general, happiness is exclusive to the victor why how is that possible right like and i keep thinking back to this book that i read when i was in high school ishmael Hmm. like the moment that we decided that there had to be some trade to get what you want that you couldn't just get what you want and be happy that you had to give me something you had to give me your sweat you had to give me your blood the moment that you created that bartering system you destroyed us. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that happiness is exclusive to the, to the leader, the happiness is exclusive to the CEO, the happiness is exclusive to the victor. I reject that idea. It's bullshit. Now, oh, can I, I agree. can I do anything about it? No, no. I have to live in the system that exists, but you know, I, I think there is something you can do about it. You can adjust your perspective. You my know, perspective isn't going to change reality for, no, for millions of people out there. Like, no, for no, me, no, no, no. I'm happy. About, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's, that's all I meant is for, for the individual. Adjust yeah. your perspective. You but know? for the individual that's marginalized, for example, like if, if there's a baker who has to like stay at work for 18 hours a day because he has to pay back his loans, like, mm-hmm. because, but he's, or he's, he's servicing a community that's bullshit. Like he has to work 18 hours a day just to do something like to make cakes for a community that he's making happy. Isn't his community service enough of a payment to that? Like, why is it the money? Why, why can't happiness be what it is? 
without money and and it don't even get me i'm not a fan of money i hate money i can't stand it say it, i say it every day i hate I, money. It, but i'm looking at it in the perspective of and i'm i'm saying this i'm thinking this way because of your brother who's in basic right now um he, he said, I never knew that life could be this miserable. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, I'm like, you're in basic. What do you expect? <laughs> but remember being in basic and all you had was that wall locker, that three jaw chest and your bunk. I'd go then back to went, that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Then you went to AIT and you had a little bit more freedom, a little bit more space. Then you yeah. went to your permanent party. And you had a whole room to yourself, maybe. Or you shared a room with one other guy instead of, you know, 30 other troops. You know, mm. it gets its perspective. Yeah. It's, it, it's all perspective. Yeah, but, but, then, but then now I just said I would go back to that. Like, yeah. and most military members would say, oh, I would go back to basic. That's easy. Yeah, simple. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's because we, we, we we're living in hindsight, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know, yeah, being told to get up in the morning, go eat, train, you know. All that, you know, even in cold weather, you know, so, but it's, it's, it's all a matter of perspective, but I do agree with you. The guy who works 18 hours a day to serve as a community that doesn't appreciate his labor, you know, for what, you know, and, and I wish it was, you know, a world where we all could be happy, you know, minus the bullshit and yeah. everything else. But until we get to a point, and I didn't mean to take all this time, no, we're on, on my on my um on my topic, but um until we can admit our, our fallacies and the things that are going on with us, our troops, you know, we will always be doomed to repeat the failures of yesterday. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like it's, you're like my brother said, like I didn't know life could be this miserable, and I just think about the cliche that life is pain. Like, yeah. like I remember Fifty Cent said, "That's got to be easy because life is hard." Yeah. <laughs> like. And and we created that cliche. No yeah. one created that but humans. Yeah. And um, like hey, it just brings me, me it brings me to this this funny comment or like this conversation me and Dick were having. Uh, my wife, uh, we were talking about like humans and and life, and like humans being animals and and people not liking the idea of calling humans animal. Now we're getting existential and we're nearing the end of the show, but mm -hmm. so allow me this, uh, this luxury of getting existential. Um, but we were talking about how problems derive from people not understanding the fact that they are indeed animals. Um, and we were talking about why people reject the fact that they are animals. Why do people um, think that they are somehow above um, animals? The animal kingdom and i juxtapose these two ideas that you know humans think that they're they're better and that their lives are better because they live in cities they have cars they have the poetry mm -hmm. um, and things like that they are they are learned they are better because of that mm -hmm. i mean i contend that like that dolphins might think the same thing for the opposite reason like we're just living we can just enjoy what we do we like right. we're just we enjoy life every moment. Like, so who's the smarter creature? You can't base like, you know, what, what life is like on what you attain from it. Um, and what, what you, what you build from it. I think you, you have to take it back to the basics. Like when you were a little kid and you ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, how did that make you feel? It made you feel happy. Like, like there was something just like something like I, there's a picture again and i'm talking about my wife again but there's a picture of her when she's a little kid and she's eating something like and she has this biggest smile on her face and it makes me almost cry thinking about it because humans don't have that feeling yeah most people forget that feeling of just eating something and and being happy yeah like that the world has become become so clouded in our own bullshit that we can't get that moment like as frequently as we probably deserve it. It 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 kills me. You know, no, no, man. I mean, I'm 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 with you on everything you just said. And I'm think I'm I'm seeing her as a child, you know, and I've never even seen the picture, but I I can see that freedom, that that freedom of having to decide or to 
make the choices that we as humans eventually have to make. And, um, you know, when you made the, made the comment about the dolphin being so free, it made me think about um, a surah in the Quran. And I'm not getting out religious, but it just, it's poetic. Um, it's, it, it goes like to the effect of we offered it to the trees and to the mountains and to the animals, and they refused it. But foolish of man, he accepted, and he begot his own plight, and it was free will. Hmm. It was the ability to decide and to choose and to do all these things. But when you think about nature and, and what we perceive to be animals, excluding ourselves from that, even though we are, um, they just are, they, man. Exactly. They just are. They just are. And I remember my grandmother, your great-grandmother, telling me as a child, you know, Donnie, sit down and just be still. And I'm like, Nana, if I'm sitting down, I am being still. She says, no, you're not being still. So just yeah. be still. And it wasn't until later in life that I realized that, you know, sitting on the back deck or sitting in the balcony, I, that picture that, that you posted last year on Facebook, I will never forget it. You're, you're in the park and there's all these flowers and these people around and you have this expression on your face and you said someone walked in front of the picture and it, it, it and it kind of pissed you off but <laughs> but absent that expression you look relaxed everything was everything was as it should be mm. you know and i think as as humans we stop for some reason we don't allow things to be as they should be but as we think they ought to be and yeah. then that's when we screw shit up well anxiety begins with should um and ought to be mm -hmm. um like so like when people think oh i should be doing this i should be doing that that's where anxiety begins mm -hmm. um and i think that like and not to preach um i think like when i moved to japan like i use that as an excuse to start over um when i say excuse is that's not the bad word for excuse it's the good one like i'm you make an excuse to go to the gym as like oh january 1st new year new me that's an excuse mm -hmm. like but it's a good excuse you're, you're making an excuse to make yourself do something that you want to do that you quote unquote should do. Fine. I made that, I made that same kind of excuse. I told myself that I'm going to simplify my life. Like I'm going to be still. Like, and to do that, I had to divorce myself of the problems that I create for myself in America. Um, and that could just be mentality. Um, but like, I also have to acknowledge that everywhere you go, there you are. Yeah. Like, and there are certain things that you have to deal with within yourself before you can contend that you can achieve this happiness. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, we can go down a rabbit hole with this, but let's wrap things up here. Mm -hmm. um, like, and this will cover all of the things that we've talked about today. You know, deep like we're talking about freedom, we talked about freedom of speech and freedom of speech is the freedom of expressing and what we're trying to express is our displeasure um, with something that the fact that we need help, that's what America is going through right now. People are trying to express that they need help. They yeah. don't feel like they're being listened to, that they feel like they're being left behind. And in your article, the guy was saying that people are, are expressing all these feelings, but they're not expressing the truth of what they have been and thus they're stuck in this cycle of what I deserve and what I deserve, what I deserve and not acknowledging what I've done. Right. Like, and because of all of that, happiness becomes this elusive kind of dream that no one can ever get to because no one's ever acknowledging the problems that exist that, that anchor you to this misery that you're in. Yeah. At least that's my idea. And, and, and I agree, you know, my, my, uh, my grandfather had a saying, um, it's no fun when the rabbits got the gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and last week, um, on last week's, um, podcast, I said, when I seen the people rioting at the Capitol, I laughed. And I think some people took that as I thought it was funny. I laughed out of identification because 
those the people that were were rioting and 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 on that foolishness, you just said it. They don't feel like they're being heard. They don't feel like they're being listened to. Now we may not agree with the what they feel like they need to hear or be heard yeah. for, but yeah. we all know what it's like to be disenfranchised and don't feel as though you know our problems are are being listened are to. important. Right, yeah. are, are being listened to. You know. And so, you know, to, 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 to tighten the bow on this episode, I just think that we all should take time and, and, you know, for what it's worth, to be still, you know, and to listen not only to the person next to you, next door, but more importantly, listen to yourself, you yeah. know, because sometimes we say things to ourselves that, we, that, that go unnoticed or unheard by ourselves, if that makes any sense, you know, yeah. and you listen to yourself by divorcing, you know, your past and presenting yourself with a new future. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, way to end it. Um, for those of you out there who haven't already subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that so you can get notified whenever we have a new one. Do this every week. Um, and for those of you who are watching on um, Dante Dakara on YouTube, I appreciate you guys watching. Um, yes. continue, continue to subscribe, like. Um, you'll see more of my father. Um, Hopefully not in that ugly ass Raiders hat. Hey, um, watch your mouth. <laughs> Always. Uh, but uh, we, either either way, whether you're listening or watching, we appreciate your time, and we hope yes, that we uh, you know this this dopeo episode has woken you up. Father, you have any parting shots? No. Um, other than what I usually say, man, y'all stay safe out there. We appreciate y'all listening. Um, take care of one another, and take time out to enjoy your life. Yeah. All right. This is Dopeo. I'm Dante. I'm Daniel. Until next time. See ya. Peace.